Um, the title was Stinking Thinking. And we are all affected and infected by this, this thinking that paralyzes us. Remember we said the, the title can be a little humorous, but we said the results are absolutely deadly. Deadly. We, this stinking thinking ruins families. Remember we said this stinking think, thinking ruins marriages and friendships and ministries. Ruins everything that we do. Ruins your life. Ruins the things that God had in store for you, planned for you to do. This stinking thinking, say it right, stinking thinking messes you up. Paralyzes you. Cripples your walk. And you don't complete the destiny that God had for you. So, although a little humorous, results deadly. Absolutely deadly. Opening text, Jeremiah 4.14. We're just going to skirt through what we did this morning, just to give us a fresh background again, because we don't remember very well. We don't remember that we even placed keys down on the altar where we found them. So... We tend to forget, don't we? We forget. No wonder there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John going over and over, telling us the same thing, and we still, at times, forget. So it opens up with, O Jerusalem, wash thy heart from wickedness, that thou mayest be saved. And here's the key, remember? How long? How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? Not just stuck there, not just sitting there, but absolutely lodged. And we made the comparison of bolts and nuts and various mechanical parts and springs and things that just get lodged in certain places. And you've got to hammer and hammer and hammer, even to the threat of breaking that which you're trying to fix, because it's lodged in there. And the Word of God tells us, how long are you going to let this happen? How long are you going to let this thought sit there, rot, and become a cesspool in your life? How long are you going to do let this affect and affect your heart and your life and your marriage and your walk and on and on and on? This is what we title stinking thinking. We said that word lodge means to harbor there. Harbor. And then we embrace this and we hold on to the stinking thinking. Remember, as we talk about the heart, we're talking about our core of emotions, the center of everything. And so the Word of God tells us to wash our heart, wash it over and over and over. Now, when you start to get a certain age, um, actually, even when you're born, they check out your heart and all this kind of stuff. But as you get older, usually maybe once a year, a couple of times a year, you go, you get scoped out, checked out. And they always are checking your heart. When they, when you go to the physician. But this spiritual heart we're talking about is something that needs to be checked out daily. Constantly throughout the day. And so therefore we brought up that scripture in Proverbs 4 where it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence. Not some, not be kind of good at it most of the time, sometime or in the summer, but not the fall. It says with all diligence. With all diligence. And we have a problem as American Christians. We don't like to do much. We don't like to really go at it and do things. And we neglect these various things. Um, it's just more fun and convenient to do nothing. But if you do nothing in this realm that we're talking about today, death awaits you. Spiritual death and an eternal damnation. Just the way it is, it's that black and white. So God even tells us, through Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom, keep thy heart. And not only keep it, keep it with all diligence. Remember, he's telling you, you keep it. You do it. This is something you are to do. You are to actively be at it, guarding and taking care of your heart. You do it. And then God tells us this is the reason why. For out of it are the issues of life. Out of it are everything. The whole purpose, the meaning, everything I have for you. And so we know that this is a prime target for the enemy to attack. Is that core, that mindset, that heart, those emotions. He wants things to be lodged in you. Things deep down recessed that just fester and pollute your whole life and cause you to die. So God tells us over and over to guard our heart. And we've made that point to you this morning. It's a full 
time job caring for your heart from stinking thinking. A full-time job. You can never lay this down. And by the way, God's grace is sufficient for you to do this. Then we went on and says, okay, we asked ourselves, why is this attack on our heart so fierce? And I'm not sure if we really made the impact of that this morning. Maybe we just went too fast over it. But look what it says, this attack on our heart. Why is it so fierce, so hot, so crazy all the time? Every day got to guard it. What's up with that? And we found out in Matthew 5, 8, that word blessed means happy. Happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Happy when your thoughts are turned towards God. And He can constantly cleanse you and keep you clean. He draws closer and closer and closer to you, those who have a pure heart. So the enemy says, no way, we can't do this. So he loads up his dart gun either with with filthy thoughts, pornography thoughts, any kind of thoughts, rebellious thoughts, ridiculous thoughts, dumb thoughts, and and he tries to get your heart. Because the purer you get, the holier you want to live for God the more revelation and insight you'll have of God. And that's the last thing the enemy wants. He wants your heart contaminated. And God wants it to be uncontaminated, unpolluted. And he'll just maybe, remember we talked about wing you and just little tiny drops, unnoticeable maybe at first, start to just drip, drip, drip in your heart. And you become contaminated. And you lose sometimes even the sense of God. Okay, then we went down to Genesis 4-3, and from here on we'll, we'll switch gears, and I don't think I have to go over telling us that we all have stinking thinking. We just do. doesn't matter what it's over. In fact, I even called things stinking. Stinking car, stinking golf clubs, stinking this, stinking that, stinking you. And stinking me. Absolutely. Genesis 4 tells us this, and this is the New King James in verse 3. goes on and says, In the process of time, remember this, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lies at the door. Sin is lying at the door right now of every one of you. Lying at the door of your heart to just try to get you to crack it open. Just a little crack to try to get in. And then to get a foothold. And then to start its filthy work. In you. God tells us, man, just, just do what's right. Do what I tell you what's right. Remember we told you the Bible tells us in Jeremiah, it's not within man to know his ways. It's not within us to know what's right. Lenny could swear with all his heart, white's right, white, white. And I could be saying, no, no, gold, right, gold, gold. And you'll be saying something else. And God says, no, only I know what's right. And I will put it in you so that you'll know what's right. That's what he's telling Cain. Sin lies at your door. This one else goes, and its desire is for you. Sin wants you. As it creeps around and looks. But the scripture goes on and says, but you should rule over it. You should master it. No! And beat it back. You should master it. Here's the battle. But we play with it and we agree with it. We build it even bigger than it was. Instead of recognizing this stinking thinking's not from God, God tells me what to think on. Think on things of true and good report and lovely things. We always think on the garbage. That alone tells us, man, we're not walking after the Spirit when we do that. We're walking after the flesh. He goes, you should roll over this. And that means to subdue it, 
and master it. This is the beginning of being set free. We brought you up to this point this morning. But you must be set free from this. Not that the attack's going to stop. It's not going to stop. Your stinking thinking is not going to stop until you hear God say, enter into the joy of the Lord. Because I'm afraid, even when I'm in line, I'm going to mind right lines. Oh no, it's mine right. Until I hear those words. This stinking thinking keeps going at it over and over. Left unchecked, you'll be just like Cain. And we probably are already guilty of Cain. It says, now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. All because he mauled this over. What's the matter with my offering? I worked, man, night and day in that field. Look at my hands. He offers just that. Which on and on and on and on it goes. So the next time he saw him, he killed his own brother. And that's what God tells you and I. When we have hate or ought, and it turns to that, and you're like, yes. And then it comes in a time in your heart to just kill him. Well, like all American Christians, we think we're innocent because we didn't actually kill him. But God says, no, no, no. You've done it in here. You've done it as if it's live. In the real. The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother? And he said, uh Hmm. Am I my brother's keeper? And we know the answer to that is absolutely. Absolutely, yes. You are. You are your brother's keeper. Now, you absolutely must control what you think about and what you set your mind on. Remember, we talked about setting our mind. Setting it. We talked about mentioning food. Sunday chicken at Cracker Barrel. You set your mind. I can just mention it in a message, and the next thing you know, you're there eating it beside me. We just set our mind on it. We dwell on it. We think about it. It captures our thoughts in our heart, and we go do it. And that's what is setting your mind. That's why God says, think, think on these things. Not those things that go over and you moan. No, God says, don't think that way because you're going to act on it. He even tells us this. And so setting your mind. We looked at Colossians 3.2 and it says, you want to set your mind? Set your affection on things above, not on things of this earth. On things above. Set your mind on the things of God. On heaven. And seeing Him face to face. Set your mind on the glory and the majesty that will be revealed and not get caught up in this stuff all around us. It's going to burn and fall off anyway. Okay, now here's our answer. Joshua 1.8. This is what you must do to help your mind to be set on certain things. Set your mind on this. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. What makes my mouth speak? The abundance of my heart. He says, do not let this word stop coming out of your mouth. Don't. Don't do that. Don't stop. The word have I hid in my that I will not sin against thee. And you keep talking the word because you get the word in you. The word comes back to you at certain situations and circumstances in your life. And then you act out and perform the word. So it goes, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Meditate, not drive through reading, not scanning through reading, not Evelyn Wood reading. Meditate upon the word. It's all right to read the word in a year. But if you didn't meditate and mull it over and get it inside of you, you'd done nothing. Done nothing but just check something off in some diary you're keeping. Meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest, here's why, that thou mayest observe to do. That you'll know. If this is not in you, you don't know what's right or wrong. It tells us we don't know what's right or wrong. And so the word is a lamp and a light. To my path, under my feet. 
And you walk and walk and walk through this. And if temptations come, the light lights it up. You're about to stumble. You're like, no, it's not right. Not your natural person is, yes, indulge, go for it, love it, eat it. But are you going to walk after the flesh or after the spirit? And these are things you must do. You must do these. So this book, you must meditate on it day and night so you'll know how to observe it. And this word observe, it's awesome. As I looked it up in the Hebrew, it means to keep. It means to watch. And it means to guard. Just like we're told to keep our heart and guard it. This is how we do it, by meditating day and night over the Word. Chewing on it. Rechewing on it. Thinking about it. Keeping it in your heart even as you go to work. So you will observe. means you will keep and you will guard. You will watch so that you will do all that is written therein. Now look at the next two small words. For then... After you do this, you know, I'm bummed out this year. I didn't have one ear of corn in my garden. Not one. I didn't plant any either. But I thought I should have had corn. You understand? You don't do a lick. You don't get into the Word. You don't chew over it. And then you expect things to be there for you. Santa, I mean, Lord... And you just expect them. So God says, if you chew this stuff over and over and meditate it and take it to me, all your shortcomings and everything that you're going through, the darts that come in, God says, you keep it and guard your heart for then. Thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And I almost even hated to say that word now, day and age, in, in American Christianity. Because it means, oh, money rich. But that word, look, that word, look, if you've been stuck in something for a long time, it could be you. You could be up to your neck in quicksand thinking, what's the matter, everybody? You don't have to act like me. You're stuck in this situation. You don't even know it. As you start to meditate upon the Word of God, God starts to reveal your own heart, your own situation, your own mouth to you, and you start to come up out of it. He says, and then, and then, you will be prosperous, it means. And then you will start to make progress. I'm moving again in God. I'm hearing again from God. That's what that word means. That doesn't mean you're going to roll over and you're going to hit the lottery. You're not supposed to be playing the lottery. It says simple, simply that, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. It means you will advance. And there's so many times in God, I'm walking, having a good time, and God really going at it, and then I'm like this. I'm like, man, what happened? God, where'd you go? What's up? And God's like, I want more from you and more out of you. Give me this. And you finally rest and say, okay. And you go up another step and you're going with God again until you come to another God. And the more you give God, the higher you'll go in Him. The closer you get, the purer your heart will be. But a bigger target you'll come. Because the enemy will go, I gotta stop him, I gotta stop him! You're like, uh. And if you don't handle it, you become polluted. You'll fall back down in your stinking thinking. God says, For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You'll hear from God. You'll sense God. Set your mind on the Word of God. This is the answer from stinking thinking. Because if your mind and heart is filled with the Word of God and you deviate from the Word of God, it'll go, eh, eh. Oh, yes, God, I'm sorry. Ephesians 4.22 tells us this, that you put off, put off concerning the former conversation. That's stinking thinking. Why she get the raise? I need the raise. I've been doing it longer than her. She got that stupid education. What about me? We do that at work, in the factory, in the bank, wherever we're at. It's automatic stinking thinking. You don't have to go to stinking thinking class. You got a doctorate's degree. When the doctor snaps you on the backside, you already have that stinking thinking. It's in you. You're born with it. 
You've got to teach them manners and thank you and please and not to grab. And that word, mine, no, because it's in this fallen nature. So God says, put off that former conversation, that stinking thinking from the old man, which is corrupt. God doesn't just play with this stuff. He lays it out how wicked it is. It's corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And God tells you, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. By the washing the water of the Word of God. Yesterday was a cold day, even weather-wise. We had like a marathon family picnic. It was forever. Fun, but forever. And by the end of the day, I was stinking. Not stinking thinking. I was just sweaty, huh? And you can hear the different showers taken off in the house because people are just getting refreshed. You just come out nice and clean. That's what this does. That's what the washing, the water. This is your only answer from stinking thinking. Without this, that's all you'll do is stinking thinking. I don't care. I'll read all the other books in the world. This is exactly your answer is the Word of God. And then it says, after you're renewed in the spirit of your mind by the reading and the washing of the Word of God, then put on the new man, which after God has created in righteousness and true holiness, you do it. It's going to come very natural for you to stink and think. You're not going to have to think. Now, how did I stink and think? It'll always be there. But then you've got to put on the new. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to act that way anymore. I'm not going to think like that anymore. That's walking after the Spirit. You know, this is a war, right? The flesh hates the things of God. Hates the Spirit of God. Hates what we're talking about because the enemy has had you in his grips, some of you, for years on stinking thinking. So, how do we empty this storehouse that we have stocked for years on stinking thinking? Some of you worked in warehouses. Get those big forklifts and, man, you got them categorized and labeled and years and who did it and row after row after row after row after row of hurts, stinking thinking, attitudes and bitterness and how do we get rid of it? Bible says to whom the sun sets free, it's free indeed. You can be set free today, tonight, from it. All right. And it'll probably hurt. Because here's how we imagine things. If I have this stinking thinking that I've been petting and taking care of and growing and feeding and watering and fertilizing it, you ought to see my stinking thinking tree. It's way bigger than yours. And all of a sudden I'm realizing, oh, this has been wrong. And that root has gone everywhere in me. Now I'm realizing, oh, gosh, I'm wrong. We've got to get this out, God. And what we normally do, just we're, we're just like I would think. You remember the account where Paul was on the ship, and there was like 276 souls or something on there, and the whole ship was in a storm, and it was constantly spinning around, water coming in, or throwing everything over. The ship's starting to crack up. The American thinking is, turn to God, and the ship will be miraculously saved. That's what we always, we have these fairy tale endings we paint all the time. Well, we know that, that the account was the ship sunk. It went under. And because it sinks, we think God hasn't done his thing. What I'm saying is, you stop the stinking thinking, whether I do or not. You understand? Uh, uh, Margaret can't go, well, if he does, I will. He can't, she can't do that. You are responsible for your actions. That's it. And I am mine. So the Bible tells us this. Rend your heart tonight. Rent. Rent. And not your garments. I got a little heart. Now, Rend your heart. See, when, when great humility and repentance came upon the Jews, 
they would just rip their outer garment. And so God was saying, no, I don't want that. He doesn't want that tonight. He, you have to rend your heart. Your heart. And so what we normally do is, okay, God, now I am an obedient Christian. I've rent my heart. See, Lord, that word rent means to tear in pieces. Just tear. Just imagine you getting your visa slipped back from the person and you want to throw it away. Now, you just don't throw that thing away with all your numbers and everything written on it. You should be tearing that thing. This, listen, will set you free tonight. If you rent your heart. God says, rend your heart. Because we have a lot of junk in our heart. Whole bunch of stuff. And God says, rent. Remember, he tells you to do it. That's what it says. And rend your heart and not your garments. And as you do this, God says, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious. He's full of grace for you to do this. And this is a good thing to do every day because my heart's a stinking magnet for lousy thoughts. You don't know how lousy I think about myself. Oh, yes, you do. Because you think of yourself that way. Lousy. Why did he ever save me? I'll never know. God says, rend your heart. When we get to the altar call, this is what it's going to be. If you want relief from stinking thinking, then God says, rend that heart. Whether you've been, I don't care if daddy did it 62 years ago and says you're a jerk, an idiot, you'll never do nothing. God says, rend your heart. Get that out. Rend it before me. Then turn to me. And God says, he will, he will do his part. He said, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, great kindness, and he will repent him of the evil if you don't rend your heart before God. Not a little. How's that, God? Because so you can do that. It might cause you down. You can all come down. You just, you don't really, you just come down because he said so. And you come down and you look around because no one else came down. I mean, no one else is sitting there, so you've got to come down. We know how to do that kind of stuff. And so God tells us to absolutely rent our heart. That's your key. Meditate in the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God so the Word of God can uh, can, can come back to you when you need it, so how you can conduct yourself. Then you obey the Word of God, not the flesh. And then you rend your heart and you keep that thing before God over and over and over. And God says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Here's another key. Listen to this. Let this mind be in you. Because, see, this mind is not in us. The natural mind is, we are what's happening. Life evolves around me. And God says, let this mind be uh, in you, which was also in your Lord, in Christ, who being in the form of God... Listen, here it is. Thought it not robbery to be equal. You're my equal. You're not my equal. We always want to be better than whoever. And God himself, he wasn't getting bent out of shape. He didn't think it was robbery that he was equal with God. And then another step, obeyed himself of no reputation, none. God says, let that mind be in you because he knows what it does to us. And so God says, you're not being robbed of nothing. And be of no reputation. And took upon himself as a form of a servant. And he would say that over and over throughout his life. I ain't come to be served. I've, I've come to serve. And we drop this ball somewhere in this stinking thinking. 
And we start be, wanting to be glorified and, and lifted up and be recognized and be something. And the worst thing you can have is a title. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. This is the mine. To have no reputation, to be a servant, to live humbly. He became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. This is the mind that it says be in you the same as Christ had. This is what's supposed to be in us. This natural mind is horrible. We get into things. Remember way, way back, some of you just who have been there from the beginning will remember, but we would always say we're not going to have a sheep of the week. Sheep of the week today is Margie. Why? Because she made me cookies and pies. And, and so someone else would make me Two dozen cookies and three pies. So, because we, we want the sheep of the week. We want it. And we want sheep of the week passing, uh, parking space with the sign. And so you, we love that kind. And yet it, it is absolutely death to us. It is no good. When they were striving, bickering, complaining, moaning, fighting, Accusing who was going to be the greatest. God picked up his water bucket and his towel and went out and washed their feet. Washed their feet. Foot washing service, you all disappear. You disappear every year for 20 years. You disappear. What's in us? That's a sign of what's in us. Feet, I ain't washing that. Ain't nobody going to touch my feet. So you just don't come. It's in us. God says, wash your heart. How long are you going to let that lodge in you? 20 years. Next foot washing service, which is the Friday, which is the Wednesday before Good Friday. Every year for 20 years, we said we'll never stop doing this. But mind is in us when we won't do that. When Jesus said, see what I've done? So you should do it to the rest. Oh, I'm not. Did you die on the cross? See, these aren't, this is not suggestions. We have to do this. Driving the other day, had on a sports station, dudes talking about different football teams. And, and, and this guy is obviously not a Christian. Now, he's not cussing. I mean, he's, I guess they could on the radio. I don't know, but he's not. He's just talking about his opinion and this. And I don't know what brought this up, but he was talking about this this week when I'm thinking about all this stinking thinking and all this stuff. And he's talking about, I think he was just maybe ripping on a team. And, I mean, the team stinks. <laughs> they just do. But if you happen to live in the city of that team, then you rip back on him. And he's just going, dudes, I'm just being honest. Your team, your team stinks. It's what it is. Just face it and. He's talking about just being practical and being real. And then he says this, look, look. He says, live your life looking out the windshield, not in the rearview mirror. And I went, dang it. ESPN, I'm receiving stuff from God. L live your life looking out the windshield. Looking ahead and not, and not in the rearview mirror. You're dangerous in the river. Look, live your life looking under God. Pressing on the things of God, forgetting those things that you blew and messed up and asked God. Looking under God. I'm thinking, jeez, I wonder if that guy really lives that way. He, he better than the church. We live our lives looking in the rearview mirror. What you should have done, could have done, would have done, who's coming after you, how close they're getting, what do they want? <laughs> and maybe if you hit them, you want to, are they really dead? <laughs> I don't know what you're told. But that's what we do. Secular man just said, man, just live your life looking out the windshield. Second Corinthians 10.5 tells us what to do also. Casting down imaginations. You understand? You are to do this. How on earth am I supposed to know what Becky Martin is imagining right now? I can't help her. 
I don't know what she's imagining. She don't know what I'm imagining. And when it comes, and it has the stench of evil on it, God says, cast it down. Not meditate, not marinate. Cast it down. This is what's going to keep your heart. This is what's going to keep you from stinking thinking. Is obeying the word of God. That stinking enemy is slick. More subtle than all creatures of the field. Just like I told you, like being bit in Florida years ago, never knew I was bit. He didn't jump out and and I didn't never knew. I still to this day, all them years later, almost forty years later, still don't know what bit me. But I had the line of poison going up my leg. And that's what the enemy, he's more subtle than every. Even when you're on guard. Even if you ever wash your hands, you just wash them. How? You can't even see it. You know there's a splinter. He's a piece of glass or something is ow. I don't know if you, where you got it, how it's, but it's there. Left alone, what happens? And your whole finger starts to hurt. And that's what he does. So when he's imaginations, and they'll come if they're not coming now. And God says, here's some more info for you. Cast them down. Cast them. Don't talk. Would you please come down? Cast them down. Literally, take it by force is what that word means. By force. I come against this in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever that thought is, by force. It means to pull down. Casting down imaginations. Even when I get a a splinter and I can't see that well anymore, or even before when I couldn't get it, I'd go to Ruth and i know it was going to hurt. She get a needle and fire. You ever do that? And you burn the tip of the needle, make sure it doesn't have any germs. And then she's coming, I swear like this. But I know I gotta have it out. I don't have a choice. I can't say, I'll be back next week, cause then it'll be really, really tender and really sore and really, really hurt. And she'll grab it and hold it. She will. And she'll, baby, she'll get it out. And listen, and as soon as it's out, I can go like this. You got it. Can you? You ever do that? You got it. I give way too much info, I know. But it's it's casting down. It hurts. And we can be babies over it. But you got to get it. Get it right away. And every high thing that exalt, exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Look, the knowledge of God is God says, think on these things. And this thing is there to come in your life and want you to exalt itself so you think on this stuff. That's something you have to cast down. Every high thing. Every high thing. If you don't have this in you, you don't know what it is. If you don't have the things of God in you and in your heart and coming out your mouth and you don't have insight and wisdom and knowledge from the Word of God, a lot of times you don't even know what you're doing is against God. All of a sudden you go, I don't know if we take the Word of God really sincere. Like we should. Fearful we think that we can do this on our own. We think that we are doing it on our own. We're not all the time. The Lord's taking you through this. I don't know if I've ever gotten out of his hands and walked. I hope I did. Casting down the use of force. The worse it is for you, the more you got to go at it. Exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Now, once you got it down and out, you're still not done. It goes, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. you got to surrender that thing helpless. If I see a snake or a rat or something in my kitchen, and I run upstairs, there's no use me saying, now there, I'm safe. It, it, it's in my house. It's in my house. And i got to do something about it. And you could be terrified of snakes, rat, whatever it is. You gotta get it. It's in your stuff. Your pots and your pans and your cereal. Oh, we're just upstairs. Just upstairs, Ruth. We got all this up here. That's what we do. We compromise all the time. Get it. Get it. Romans 12.2 tells us again this there. Be not conformed to this world. That world is a 
powerful, transforming force. From their music to how they picture life soon and very soon. You go to the mall, you're going to be hearing Christmas music. It transforms you. You're going to go by. Just because it's, here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus. You, you, you know it's true. They use that stuff. It transforms, it moves us to do things. And God says, look here, listen to me. Don't be transformed by the world. He did it to me, I'll do it to him. Eye for an eye. Don't be transformed by, by the world. But be ye transformed by the renewing. How many times does it say this? Renewing of your mind, the playground of the enemy. That gets in your mind and your thoughts and in your heart. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transform simply means to be changed into another form. Like the big movie the kids love. The Transformers. You have this little yellow Camaro and it does something and it's this big strong Warrior. This is what God does to us. These little Volkswagens. And he transforms them into warriors for Christ. Be transformed. Transfigure. It's the opposite of being conformed to the world. The absolute opposite. And you have to say, I don't want to be conformed to this world. I want, these are choices you have to make. I want to be transformed. Because there'll be fashions that are ungodly. It, it just it never it seems like whatever some Yahoo in France decides cool, we buy. God calls us not to be conformed to this world, but to be godly, renewing in our mind from the outward to the inward. If your life is based on feelings, this is how you live. How do I feel today? How do I feel about my job? Now, why is Monday, this Monday, absolutely wonderful? You have off. It's not the salt mines. I'm not going back to that. It, how do I feel today? How do I feel about my job? How do I feel about my wife? How do I feel about worship? How do I feel about the preacher? This is a life of feelings. We'll never know the transforming power of God. You go by feelings because it totally ignores the renewing of the mind. You walk by feelings. I'd be a scary person to live with. The only other place that Paul uses this word for transform is in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And look, as we wind this down, it says, But we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. If you haven't changed over the years of being saved, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And you can point it and say, it's me, it's my preaching, but something's wrong. If you haven't been changing from glory to glory into the image of God. If you're still that same person, something's wrong. Something didn't take hold. Something didn't happen. I don't know what it is. But we're talking about the power of God. Transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Transformed. The transforming of our mind, the renewing of our minds, only happens when we spend time in the presence of God. That's it. It's it. Spending time in His glory and in His presence is the victory to stinking thinking. Because when I fall into the rut of stinking thinking, the less I do the next thing I know, I'm on the dial and it's them oldies. Blue moon. Perfect. It's what we do. We get further and further from the very answer. That's what we all do. Adam, where are you? He booked, he took off, he ran. He wasn't waiting for God. He should have been saying, I can't wait till God get here. I really messed up. I messed up bad, Eve. I messed up so bad. He's coming. 
He ran and hid. That's what we do. Your answer is in the presence of God, especially when you are overcome. Sounds like scripture. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. That's what should be happening now. If you're sitting out there and you overcome thoughts, and it doesn't mean, listen, this is cool or important. It doesn't mean all that around you is going to start liking you. They could still not like you, still want nothing to do with you, still say this stuff that you don't have to wallow in the stinking thinking. Because God has given you wings of an eagle to go up over, even though they don't, still can't. See, when you, you get victory over your mind, you act right with God. Doesn't mean everybody's going to line up. Last scripture. Michael, please, you and whoever else is playing with you. Psalm 1611 says this, Thou will show me the path of life. Listen, in thy presence is fullness of joy. In God's presence. I can have problem to problem, stinking thinking, stinking thinking, deeper and deeper, lodged in it, confused, bewildered. Look, call out to God. I wish I could just blink myself over there. Call out to God and bam, I'm back in the presence. It's like, oh, thank you. After maybe weeks and months of drifting further and further into the seas of doubt and confusion and hurt and God, and God bam, I'm right back in the presence of God. Thank you. It's amazing how he can do it. In thy presence, this fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Picture yourself as the faucet. Stinking thinking coming out. Today God says, do it. You're just going to go. I refuse to live like that anymore, God. If you will help me, God. Which you will. You'll be free from it. But you know, there'll be more incoming. But you'll start to recognize them now. Since God has shed light on it. Look, look at me. Here they come. The thoughts. You can raise up your shield of faith. Thank you, Lord. Because they will happen. Be probably before you get out of here. He never lets up. But he's a defeated foe. If you stay in the Word. Here's your protection. I heard a preacher say, your enemies that are coming after you, like they did when they left Egypt, and then they got themselves together, the enemies started charging after them. He said, your enemies will drown within these pages. And so will yours. The ones in your mind, they'll drown in these pages. Let's stand. I try to be open and honest. I'm, I can be plagued with these thoughts. Stinking thinking. And sometimes not even though I'm in it. Shared that with you this morning. I'd be jolted by something my wife. What are you doing? What are you saying? Listen to you. So we find ourselves ensnared and trapped by this stuff. But today, tonight, the answer is meditating in the Word of God over and over and over. Stay in it, even when it looks blank. Stay in it. A lot of times you'll swear it's blank. Not doing me any good. I read it all the time, Pastor. I ain't getting nothing. I don't know what to do. Stay in it. Stay in the Word of God. Meditate over and over. Put off the old former conversations that are always moaning and complaining and bickering. Put them off, the Bible says. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new man that God says that you are in Christ. Rend your heart tonight. Tear it in pieces. Look, it's desperately wicked. Who can know it but God? Tear it in pieces, not just a sliver. I'll just take care of this time when, when Carol hurt me. No, rent this thing in pieces, this heart. Trust God for a brand new, fresh heart. Remember, God says, you do this stuff. And then put this mind in you that same was in Christ. He didn't think it was robbery to be equal. Of no reputation, a servant 
humbled himself. Stop driving in life looking in the rearview mirror. Look out and see what God has for you. Keep your eyes upon Almighty. Get in the presence of God. Fight for it. You have to fight to get in the presence at time. To enter into that rest. Labor to enter into that rest. Sometimes it didn't make sense. I got to worry myself to rest. Yes. That rest, not just rest. Chips, coke, and a ball game. That rest, God's rest. The Prince of Peace. Labor to get in it as your mind screams. Fight to get in it. And you'll receive victory every day. Day after day after day. Our altars are open. If you want to come, lay your mind, lay your heart, lay your life on this altar. Say, God, I can't do it. I can't do it. We all suffer from this. My mind, God. Take my heart, Lord. Take my thought life, Lord. Help me, Lord, to set my mind on godly things. To actively set my mind on the things of God. On the Word of God. Stop wallowing in the negatives. the hand of God to unlodge things in our hearts. To unlodge them, oh God. God, we need Holy Ghost dynamite for things said and done throughout the years, maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago. Lord, here's your people. Here they are, God minister to every one of them. Give them a freshness. Set them free. Set them free, Lord God.